So as we all know, Pastor Jeff's not here, so it's going to be a wonderful night. Pastor Ronnie himself, who I'm so grateful for this man, more than I could ever put into words. When we say sheesh, that's basically him and I's way of saying I love you. And so as he comes up, everybody just give him a great big sheesh, because that's what he does. So everybody, we give Pastor Ronnie a great great turning point welcome, because we love you so much. Such a blessing to our lives, and God's going to bless us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. thank the Lord for this opportunity. Uh, we thank God for Pastor Jeff and Cindy. Uh, we bless God for them and all that God is doing in this house. How many are grateful for the leadership here? Amen. We're thankful for the leadership and for all of you who are here tonight. I'm surprised to see all of you. I was hoping that only two or three showed up so that this could be real fast. But um, Johnny is a handful. Uh, and so... Um, Sheesh. So what, what I've learned um, in my uh, few years of living is that God isn't through with me. Uh, and you think that when you get to a certain place or to a certain level in ministry or in life, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a dad of eight children, and uh, I'm a husband, and I'm a friend, and, and all these other things, and I'm developed, and I'm teaching, and I'm doing all these wonderful things, and, and, and here it is, God is still teaching me how to, uh, to grow. Um, I'm having to re-understand what it means to be a friend. Um, I've shared with some of the people uh, here, Tina, I've shared with her before. That's Tina on the end, if y'all didn't know right there. Just wave your hand. There you go. Okay, so just what it means to be a friend um, for me. My family and I moved here, and we've had some transitions. Oh, Angel, you're right there. Just wave. There you go. Sweet Angel. Okay. My wife. Okay. Um, But in transitioning and moving here, we've had a, a, a hard time from where we came. A lot, a lot, everybody doesn't know, but we had a difficult time where we were, and we transitioned here, and it was beautiful and lovely, and um, we're getting used to the weather and how bipolar it seems to be, and we're, we're figuring it all out. And so learning to be a friend, um, it costs something. Uh, being friendly to people is one thing, but being a friend costs you something. And so I said to myself, I would be real cool, I'd be easy, but I wouldn't open myself, but so far. Uh, so I'm, I'm repenting right now to the church, just to all of you, just receive this. Um, but the other day, I was on the phone. Um, uh, most of you know, since Pastor Jeff has elected to tell you all that we're moving, um, <laughs> we were moving and God is blessing and all this. And so I decided to just try to make everything happen on my own. Um, on my own, just within our family, and we're just going to make this happen. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to move this. We're going to lift this. We're going to shift this. We're going to do all of that. Um, in spite of, I used to play football, believe it or not. I was really good and in shape. And don't. Seriously, I was. But anyway, 
I was really good and state athletes and all those championships and things. And, and, and through the, that time, I damaged a knee or two, you know. So um, every so often, my wife would say to me, oh, you can't go play basketball. You can't do this. And, and the last time I think I went, I ended up damaging my knee, and it was really swollen, and it was really huge. And so anyway, mind you, I'm saying that to say I was going to do everything myself, lifting and shifting and getting my daughters and Sandy and, 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 and Marisol. We were just going to lift and pull all the dressers and the refrigerators and everything ourselves. And we started and suddenly get everything into the, into the garage and we're going to get it going and I'm not going to bother anybody at the church. This is me. I'm repenting. So we're not going to bother anybody. We're not going to ask for any help. And, and my wife in her nice, easy way, she simply said to me, you know, sweetheart, you ought to let people be a blessing to you because you're always a blessing to other people. Right? But you know, I'm a man, dog. You know what I'm saying? We're going to make this happen. So, I, you know, I, I kind of listened, but I didn't really listen. Husbands, you know what I mean. So, we just kept on going. Kept on moving, kept on transitioning. And she didn't say anything else. Really sweet and nice and lovely and sweet angel. She just did her thing and she didn't say anything. She just let me keep on going. And I kept on going and moving and moving and moving. So we put all the trash out and all of these things. We had everything set outside. And so um, we live in Fort Worth. So at Fort Worth, you can, uh, I guess, get like a bulk day or whatever. And they come by to pick everything up. And so... Everybody on the block's got stuff out and things are happening. Y'all don't mind if I tell you all this story, right? Okay. So they got all this stuff out and everything. And I slipped all the way down the street. Everybody's got stuff out. So by the end of the day, we were the only house that had everything still in front of it. So it was around about 4.30, 5 o'clock-ish. And so I'm getting ready to start painting. And, yeah, I'm getting ready to start painting and doing some stuff. And I look up there. Yeah, I'm talking about you, man. I'm getting ready and getting my stuff together. And I'm, ah, I got to go to Home Depot. And, and so and I was really upset and flustered. So I said, I'm going to get a truck. And I'm going to load everything in the truck. And we'll take it to the dump. Come on, kids. Get together. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. This is me. Come to find out that, well, this is what they told me on the phone anyway, that they don't allow commercial vehicles, like commercial trucks or whatever, name brand, inside of the dump. And so I was a little flustered. I was. And then I was a bit humbled. And long story short, um, uh, Johnny and I have been spending time, quality time together, um, and learning. And I told him in the very beginning, learning how to be a friend is important to me because I like to trust you. I know we don't do this kind of stuff anymore, and I know it used to be something. Trust used to be a big deal, and now everybody's just everybody's friend and so on and so forth. But for me, trust is huge because I would like to be able to give you whatever it is that the Lord has in our relationship, however that works. And so um, he, I don't know if he remembers we talked about it in the very, very beginning. And um, he was like, oh, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you. And I said, okay, I ain't messing with you, Doc. So anyway, long story short, I called him. Um, and I repented and I was, I was humbled. I told him, I said, I wanted to humble myself because there's not a time that, um, if I need something, he always, always. Now for me, I have to tell the whole story because of where I come from. You all know that John is a police officer, right? Okay. So he and I, he, we're in the store, uh, where the, the, the restaurant we go to. 
and uh, it's like we not he and I, but like all the police and thing. And so I'm coming into the restaurant with all the police officers and everything else. And he gets up in the middle of everybody, in the middle of everybody. Come here, give me a hug. Like it's you know, like it's like hey, you know, hey, you know. He's got his uniform on. He's got his guy everything, and he just he hugs me. He has no pretense about him he just loves on me in front of everybody in spite of whatever he continues to move so I called him the other day and I repented and he he didn't really he didn't really uh yell at me or anything but he did let me know um that he loved me and he said listen don't you ever do that you should have called me first anyway so um it's not just a story about us but it's you know about us of course but just for the church for me to open up and not to be so uh stubborn and and this other stuff because I'm learning how to be a friend. Um, Johnny's uh, the Lord is using him how to teach me how to do that and open up. And Tina and I mentioned her earlier. She knows that in the very beginning, uh, me wanting to spend time, and she was pursuing her and her husband were pursuing us to spend time and fellowship. And and we just I'm I'm just I understand. Anybody ever been to church before? And church people don't do you right. No, just okay. One two. Six, seven, okay. So for those eight of us that are here, the, that church people don't do you right, it's difficult because you come to this house because you want to be healed. You come to this house because you want to hear a word from God. You come to this house because you believe that there's something here that the Lord has for you. And in that, you begin to open yourself up to those who are around you. And you want to be careful. You want to be careful. But I don't, I, I want to, again, repent and say, y'all love on us anyway. And, and uh, uh, please receive that, that, um, the, I'm asking for forgiveness openly because we should have asked for help a long time ago. And I already told Johnny, but to all of you, um, I do love you and I'm grateful. It's not just good enough for me. And this is me learning. It's not just good enough for me to serve people, but I also have to learn to receive when they want to be a blessing to me. So there it is. I'm grown now. So tonight... Just for a few minutes, and I'm going to get out of your way. Um, I, I really wanted to discuss. Uh, I was I was struggling with this, and when Pastor Jeff called me and asked me to speak, um, I was struggling because I said, "Lord, what's needed in the house?" Does everybody know what I mean by that? What's needed in the house? It's not good enough for me to preach or for anyone to teach and you to get all these wonderful good things, but it's not what you need. Does everybody understand what I mean? Let me just, just a little bit. In other words, some of us are living in different seasons, but you're receiving a non-seasonal word. What I mean, again, is if I'm living in the spring where things are beginning to sprout and there's new hope and everything else, if I'm living in spring, but my word is a winter word where I should be, where I'm sad, or I, I'm sorry, if, I, if I'm living in winter and I'm sad and I'm broken and everything else and, and I'm all messed up and I'm hurt and, and somebody comes to me with, you got a different type of word, I might not be in the right place. Or to receive it to get to the next place. So, Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 through 20. I've asked Brother J.D. if you would just read that for me Amen. tonight. Okay. 
It says, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teach the new disciples to obey the commandments I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. This scripture is, is labeled the Great Commission. You've heard Pastor Jeff talk about this often. Amen. Yes? Yes? Just check it. Okay. So I just want to take a different little route with it a little bit. And I started talking about friendship. And, and um, for those that don't know, I'm, I'm a part of a little crew that plays uh, video games when they let me play. Um, and um, when they invite me to play with them. Uh, J.D. Anthony, he's not here? Oh, no. Okay. But, uh, you know, when they let me in to play because I'm, I'm better than all of them. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But when we're playing, um, I'm learning, like we were talking about friendship, and there's a difference in what somebody would consider a fair-weather friend and somebody would consider a not-committed friend and what just a friend is. Really quick, a fair-weather friend is when things are going well for me or well with us, we're good in the moment. The climate begins to change. The atmosphere adapts when things are not going well. In other words, as long as things are good for me, we're good together. As long as things are good, everything's good. Fair weather. If the weather's good, we're good. If the weather's bad, we're not good. Anybody know anybody like that? You don't have to say it if you're sitting next to them. Here we go. Not committed friends. Not committed friends. One day you're here, the next day you're not. In other words, things are happening for you, and as long as that person, if we're friends, uh, uh, brother, uh, we're friends, right? We're going to be friends. And as long as things are good with you, you're here with me. We're good. But the moment you have something else to do, and I'm looking for you, you're doing something else. And I'm like, well, where are you at? Blah, blah, blah. And, but, but everything shifts and changes around your schedule. That's not real friendship. Anybody know anybody like that? Again, if you're sitting next to them, you don't have to say anything. But a friend, <laughs> no matter what time it is, no matter what the day it is, they are available to hear from you. A true friend will stay with you in the midst of disagreements, arguments, and even when you get on their last nerve, they still love you. Anybody know anybody like that? Y'all raise your hand for that one, right? If I'm going to be a good friend, I have to learn to be disciplined in the things of friendship. Let me say that again. If I'm going to learn to be a good friend, I have to learn to be disciplined in the things of friendship. How many know what a disciple is? Anybody know what a disciple is? We're just talking. This is going to be easy. Uh, anybody know what a disciple is? Yell it out. I'm not talking about the 12 that were with Jesus. What is a disciple? Huh? One who learns. What is a disciple? Someone who is disciplined in a certain discipline. 
In other words, the disciples of Christ were people or eventually us are people who are disciplined in the things of Christ. So if I'm talking about friendship for a moment, if I'm going to be a good friend, I need to be around someone who can teach me how to be a good friend. If I'm going to be a good leader, I need to be around someone who can teach me how to be a leader. In other words, if a leader is going to teach me, I learn to be disciplined in the things of leadership. Amen? All right. All friendships go through seasons as to natural and spiritual, as to our natural and spiritual lives. My question to you tonight is what season are you living in spiritually? All relationships go through seasons. Marriage people know what I mean. What season are you living in tonight? Do you know what season you're in spiritually? Where are you? We come into this place. We go out of this place. We come into this place. We go out of this place. Have you ever asked God, God, where am I in your timeline? Where am I in your timeline? God, where is it that you have me? Where are you placing me? What is it that, now I'm not talking about the things that we can do. Because some of us have talents, some of us have gifts, and we make the mistake in believing that we have those things. And because they make room for us, that that's what God wants us to do. Not necessarily. You, we all need to check in with God often to find out where is my season? Where is my time? What is it? And what I mean my season is what area of my life am I living in now? Everybody follow me? My spiritual walk with Christ is contingent upon my season. Now, I'm not talking about a season of blessing or season of miracle or season of of. I'm not talking about, I'm just saying, where am I at? Because if I'm operating in spring, some of us, let's just say, you, y'all know what, what is it? Texas, y'all really don't have that, the four seasons. I don't know what y'all really have here, but, but let's take a place that's normal, that has four seasons. They have spring, winter, fall, and, 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 and winter. What is it? Summer, summer, I'll miss one. Summer, okay, so spring, summer, fall, and winter. Let's pretend. Where, well, just where? Tennessee, it's got all four. All right, I don't know what Texas has. Texas has 1.5 and 1.6, and it's going to be 80-something degrees or something this week coming up. Then it's going to turn around and be like 12 degrees or something. It's like, okay, so four seasons. In the spring, I'm looking for new hope. I'm looking for things to blossom. We're looking for great things to happen. In the summer, I'm living it with you strong. It's flourishing in the, uh, or preparing. And in the fall, I'm, I'm getting ready and, and I'm, I'm seasoned a little bit and I'm strong because I know winter is coming and I'm getting ready to change. The, the, the leaves are changing and my clothes. We can bring out the sweaters and all those types of things. And then winter comes and we lock it down and we get ready. Everybody good? Four seasons spiritually, where are we at in those places? Some of us could be in spring where things are beginning to happen and the promises and the new hopes of life and things are beginning to happen, but you're getting a word that's winter-like. How does that help you? What do you mean? Well, let me explain it. There are certain fruits that only blossom in the winter. They call it peak season 
for this fruit or this vegetable. In the wintertime, in certain places where they got four seasons, chestnuts, grapefruits, lemons, and oranges are the, and, and I didn't know you could do oranges and stuff in the wintertime. I guess it's supposed to be planting. It's when they get ready. That's this winter season. Spring season is apricots, avocados, mangoes. Summer, blackberries, blueberries, nectarines, fall apples, cranberries, and figs for those who eat those. Some of us are eating figs in winter. Do you understand the correlation? And it's okay, and you're eating figs, but the truth of the matter is it's not in the peak season. So spiritually, some of us, we're thriving and we're living, but the truth of the matter is that there's a peak season that God has for your life, but you haven't asked him. You haven't tapped into it. You haven't spent the time, whether it's through fasting or praying or whatever it is that you do, to get to hear from heaven. When was the last time you heard from heaven? And he said, this is where I have you. This is where I need you. Understand this. I've learned in, like I said, in my few years is that even every word is not always something beautiful to us. I had to learn the hard way just this week to humble myself. Now, could I have done it? Maybe. Yes, I'm sure. But literally, I was in the, I'm going to have to pay this and pay that and hundreds of dollars just to something that was already blessed, that was already waiting for me. Did you hear what I said? It was waiting for me. When I called John, he was at work, he was just like, you know, why didn't you call me? You could have called me. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? That's the kind of blessing or the kind of open doors I believe that God has for us when we're operating in the proper seasonal mindset. When it comes to our relationship with him. But instead, we kind of muscle through. Anybody know what I mean? You kind of just muscle through the time. You just keep on going. Well, it's okay. We'll just keep going. We'll just keep... It's not necessarily designed that way because if you go back into the Old Testament, you will find that when David went to build the temple and he couldn't build it, his son Solomon ended up building the temple, everything had already been prepared for him when he went to go build it. He didn't have to cut anything, he didn't have to shape anything, and it wasn't forced. All he did was put it together. Our time in this operating season, when you're in the peak season, God would design it so that you don't have to struggle. All you have to do is put it together. You don't have to beg and plead and ask and, and look and where is this going to come from? And oh my God and all. He says all you have to do is operate in the correct season. And you'll understand. Understanding. This is powerful for me. Understanding. How many know that we don't operate all the time with understanding? We do it. Some of our Christianese and, and, and Christian mindsets, we do it out of repetition, not understanding. Can I say that again? Brother Darren, I just, we operate on repetition and not understanding. Does everybody understand what I mean? Y'all know I sing a little bit and I play. So I do. When I teach in worship, 
one of the things, I think it was, maybe Leticia, maybe it was you who said something to me. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like, whatever song I'm singing, I don't sing it the original way that other people do it. That was you? It was you who said that? Was it you? Okay, okay, okay. She says, because she listens to, I guess, some of the songs we're doing and so on and so forth, and then I don't necessarily do them like how the uh, original version of the song goes. Did anybody notice that? I noticed that. Really? I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. Let me tell you why I don't do it that way most of the time. It's because whoever writes that song is hopefully is experiencing something with the Lord at that moment in their lives. For instance, you ever, if you ever read the Bible in the Old Testament, you'll hear how Moses, when the, the Red Sea closed up, began to sing. And, 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 it's, and Miriam, we got the tambourine, they were singing, and how they, they wrote a song right then, it was blessing God. He was talking about what he had been through. When I sing or when I worship the Lord, especially when I'm honoring the Lord, I, I do it my best to him from where I've been through. So whatever the song is, I embrace that song as if it's my song. I know somebody else wrote it, Brother Charles. I know somebody else sing it, but you know what I mean because you be doing it too. And you make it your own thing, your own version. I like to make it my own version. Why? Because now it's my song. You ever heard Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine? You ever heard that song before? This is my story. This is my song. I have to do it the way I know it. Because this is my experience. So understanding is number one, which is delving into uh, um, nuances of effective communication, empathy, and the value of comprehending diverse perspectives uh, for personal growth. That's a bunch. I'm sorry. Maybe I'll give you the notes if you want them. Next, fellowship and friendship. This is all operating in my season. Fellowship and friendship, explaining the dynamics of meaningful connections. Do you not know that connection breeds trust? Connection breeds trust. Can I prove it to you? All right. How many of you knew me three years ago? How many of you knew me two years ago? And now some of you are just meeting me this year, right? Okay. Don't raise your hand, but when you first met me, you weren't unsure of me. Some of you were unsure. Anybody want to tell the truth? It's okay. I know, I know we're in church, but some of you were unsure. Right? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. But as time went on and we begin to get connected, Brother Jim, we got connected. Some of you begin to trust that the same God you served was the same one I served. And not only that, that I was anointed to be in the position that I was in. I can't get any help in here. Lord have mercy. Lord. So fellowship and friendship, explaining the dynamics of meaningful connections. Connection breeds trust. Our congregation is beginning to trust the flow of the spirit in this house. Can I say that again? 
we're beginning to trust because we weren't always, we unsure, uncertain. What are we, you know, some of us come from Baptist churches. Some of us come from first assemblies and different places and, and, and they don't operate like this. We don't move like this. We don't do it. Anybody know what I mean? I'm going to just talk right here. You know what I mean? So some of us know, and we don't, it's, it, you know where I come from. I'm East Coast, you know what I mean? It's totally different. But there's a different flow in this house. I'm learning that we are developing what's called an identity in Christ. We are. We are. As a collective, we are developing an identity in Christ. That's not what someone else has done. It's not what this church is like. It's what that church is like. Turning Point Fort Worth is, is Turning Point. Was it Turning Point? Okay. Turning Point Church is developing its own identity in worship, in praise, not in music. Hear me, but in worship and how we fellowship. Some of you see me in the hallway and you shake my hand and you say, man, I love you. I don't even know who you are sometimes. But I'm telling you, it's good with me. But when I see you at Walmart or some other place and somebody saw me at a, at a, a sub shop or something, Jersey Mike's or something, and they were talking to me, I felt as if I belonged here. And this was random people. Random. So fellowships, I'm moving really quick. Fellowships and friendships, exploring the dynamics of meaningful connections, the qualities of strong friendships, and the role of fellowship in, uh, in oh my gosh, I'm going to get glasses, in fostering a sense of community. Do you not understand that we're developing a sense of community now? Does everybody understand that? Remember what I was talking about in the very beginning and not wanting to be fellowship? But what's happening is that even though I don't want to, Brother Chris, or even though some of us are fighting and iron, what's happening is that we're beginning to trust God's presence. So much so that we're beginning to join arms a little bit more. We're beginning to just say, you know what? I can press a little further. You might uh, uh, praise God this way or you might praise God that way. I don't know if y'all realize this, but we're all clapping on two and four now. I'm serious. My sister, you remember, I don't know if you remember, because you've been here. Y'all been here. Remember? We've been, because sometimes we clap on one and three, which is good with me. We clap on two and four now. Together. We clap on one, two, three, four. Because this is us. Do y'all mind if I say that again? This is us. I've been around a little bit. I've been around a little bit. And I can tell you as an act of authority because of what I've been through and what I've seen, there are not too many places in DFW. And, and John, I'm sure you, you can vouch for this, that church-wise, anybody ever been to another church beside this one? Okay. Now, I'm, I'm going to push you a little bit here. Just a little bit. Don't tell Pastor Jeff but I'm going to push you a little bit. Watch this. If you've been to another church besides this one, when leadership is white, the flow is white. Y'all all right? Everybody still good? Watch this. 
if leadership in, in another church is black, the flow is. You can say it. You can say it. Okay. <laughs> you don't steal it. Don't steal it. Let me do 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 it. If you go to a Spanish-speaking church, para mi gente dicen grita de júbilo. Gracias, señor, para mí porque yo quiero hablar español. Encanta también. Okay, okay. The flow is Spanish. What you don't know about your community that's developing the identity that's developing here is that it is way more diverse than any other ministry in this entire area. You ought to thank God for that. You ought to thank, we ought to thank God for that. And guess what? It's not even like some of them do it on purpose. This is not even on purpose. This is who we are. This is who we are. Let me get through this really quick. I got two minutes. Okay. Seasonal positioning. Investigating. This is why I guess why Pastor Jeff does series, right? Because you can't get through everything. Okay. I, I get it. I get it now. Seasonal positioning. Investigating how seasons... Uh, both metaphorical and literal, can influence our lives. From personal growth aligned with seasons to adapting changes in different life phases. Every single one of us, we're at different places in here. Some of us are at the beginning of our spiritual walk. Some are in the middle. Some are, you know, almost at the, not the end, but the, the, the thing before the end. And then some of us are at toward, you know, well, I don't know anybody that's toward the end, but, but we're at different places, different spots. Growth, maturity. Can I say it that way? Some of us are at different levels of maturity spiritually. And we're still rocking with each other. We're still able to chop it up a little bit. We're still able to conversate and, and glean from each other. Do you not understand that the Holy Spirit... Old folks used to say Holy Ghost. I don't want to get y'all in trouble. Pastor Jeff said I'm Pentecostal, so I'm up in here yelling and screaming and stuff. The Holy Holy Spirit moving in this house, affording every single one of us an opportunity to link together to bless and honor his name. Amen. Amen. Two more, two more. I got two minutes. Here we go. Divine guidance. Somebody say guidance. Reflecting on spirituality and the concept of God's desire. What does God desire for you? What does he desire for you? John talks about what something that God desires. He seeketh something. What is it that God is seeking? Huh? It's a specific word. It starts with a W, ends with an R. Who? Remember when Jesus was talking with the woman at the well? And he said, and God seeketh such a worshiper. Remember? It's not a singer. It's someone who's willing to lay down everything to attribute everything to him. Let me explain real quick because I don't want to do too much on worship because people think that's all I know how to talk about. I know how to talk about more. But real quick about worship. True worship 
People say to me often, man, I love the way you sing. I don't know why, but they do. They do. People laugh. If you know me well, you know this is, am I not just, am I just being this way? What do I say? Am I not the piano player? Since I've been here and I do that, okay. Okay. But when people give acclimates to me, do you know what I do? Not because it's a formality, but because I've learned that I will not get in God's way. So if you give it to me, I say, hey, praise God. It all came from him. 100%. If you know me, and I don't just say it to do it. I'm telling you, that you always attribute it. When Jesus was here, what did he say? I do what the Father, you know, he was attributing to the, God, to the Godhead. Hear what I'm saying to you. We attribute worship. God, I love you. If you, you do something great, that's wonderful. You do something nice, that's beautiful. But it all comes from the source. His desire for me is to worship him, to love him. Whether through, whether through uh, context or logos, which I explain a written word, personal uh, intuition and, uh, um, gosh, and the search for purpose and meaning in life. There are people who come to church who are looking for meaning in life. They're looking for something. They're searching for it. That's divine guidance. Last one, number five, metaphorical eating. Examining the metaphorical aspect of where does God desire me to eat from? Y'all know you're not supposed to go sit up on everybody's table and eat, right? Now, I'm not talking about naturally. Y'all, if you want to eat wherever, I'm, not, I'm speaking spiritually. Blessed are those. <laughs> I don't let everybody come into my space. Hmm? everybody can't speak into my life. You're not supposed to just let any and everybody come and lay hands and talk and speak and throw things. That's not supposed to happen. Hear this. Where does God desire you to receive your nutrients from? Where? His 100% word. And just because people say, thus saith of the Lord, it doesn't mean that uh, some of y'all been reading. Y'all supposed to wait. Considering it is as guidance from making life choices, seeking fulfillment or understanding one's purpose in Christ. Now, how does this have anything to do with the scripture we read? Jay, we were supposed to talk about it. Being a disciple, in order for us to make disciples, the Great Commission, in order for us to make disciples, we must first be disciples. Can I break it down and I'm done? We must first be disciplined in the things of Christ. Once we become disciplined and we learn how to walk in the disciplined things of Christ, we can then make disciples. Sometimes we're trying to make disciples and we're not disciplined ourselves. 
We're trying to run after people and preach and teach and do things, but we have to slow down just a little bit. I'm a mess with the choir. You got people who want to sing soprano and they can't sing alto. They got a bass voice, but they want to sing tenor. We do this because it looks good. And we think that it look because it looks good, it should be good. No, 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 no. Where does God desire us to be? Spiritually in our walk. Where does he want you to eat from? Where does he want you to receive from? He told his disciples in Matthew, he said, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Not the bread from last week, God. Some of us are trying to be, we're trying to sustain from 1960s bread. I'm serious. Y'all don't know anybody that's trying to be sustaining from 1960s bread, 1970 bread, 1980 bread, 1990s bread, 2000 bread, 2010 bread, 2019 bread. Was it COVID then? 2020 bread. I'm serious. It's okay to learn from. But Father, we need a fresh rhema from heaven. We need your spirit to fall in this house because we're ready. We're ready to align ourselves, to walk with you, to follow you, Father, even if it means I have to yield whatever it is that I'm thinking or believing. I'm ready to walk and move and combine wherever it is that you have us to move. People of God, hear this and I'm finished. Know that the Spirit of the Lord wants to move in this house. I see it every week, every week I see it. When you see me up there on the piano, if I'm looking like I'm frustrated. They say I make too many faces. I got to stop making the faces because they got to cut my faces off the video because I'm making faces. They're like, oh, no, what are we doing? No. Because I see God moving on some of you. And I see the presence of the Lord beginning to saturate this house. But we're a little, little hesitant. We're a little apprehensive. Well, is it okay if I step into it? We've had these conversations and meetings. And, and if I'm not mistaken, Pastor Jeff, you'll see him coming up to the, you know, to the... Forget it, forget it, forget it, forget it. Because he wants you to feel free in coming to the altar. Feel free in coming together as a collective that we can shout the power of God down in this house. Come on, let's stand up. I'm going to pray. Let's stand. I'm going to pray tonight. Father, I thank you tonight for these, your people. Father, I ask you to move on every family that's represented here. Father, we don't want to be apprehensive. We don't want to be hesitant. We want to move as you move. Even if we don't know how, teach us how to step into the flow. We don't want the waters to be troubled another day and we miss the move of God. We want to get in the water while the water is troubled, that you would move in this house, you would move in our families, you would move in our community, and we want to receive it as an act of faith. We will bless you in spite of what it looks like. We will bless you in spite of what it feels like. Father, we will stand because you have died that we might access eternal life, Jesus. So tonight... We ask you, Father, 
to allow your Holy Ghost to just, just Holy Spirit, just move on our hearts. Even as we leave this place, but never your presence, we ask your Holy Spirit to rest, rule, and abide in the hearts of your people tonight. Give us traveling mercy and grace that we would hear this word, that we would receive the word of God, that the identity of this ministry would begin to formulate, that we would begin to stand and, and not settle for less, that we won't just settle for any and everything. We want the pure unction of the Holy Spirit, your word of God to come carnate in this house. Oh God, we believe in you. We believe in you. Every praying heart in this house, we believe in you tonight, Father. There's so much going on on the outside and in the streets and in the world. And we're praying for them. We're praying for leadership. And we're praying for the presidents and the governors and all of the people. God, would you start in here? Would you start in here? And help our hearts to be turned right, to be prostrate, laid out before you so that we can receive a filling of the Holy Spirit tonight. That we might have everlasting life and authority in you, Jesus. I thank you, God, for those that are praying. I thank you, God, for those that are are just laying their hearts before you and that are looking for which way to turn. God, give them an understanding tonight. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray and we all say together, amen. There are no announcements, right? All right, God bless y'all. See y'all later. House music, do it.